This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mahachek. Thank you for being here. And I have a great episode for you. It is actually a replay episode. It's one of my top five most downloaded episodes. And I think it's because it has such great information in there that's so relevant to pretty much everybody. We're talking about organic versus not organic. And this time of year, especially the environmental working group, which is who I talk about in in the episode, um, they put out a list of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. They have not yet done it for this year, but the information from this last episode is still super important that no matter what they put on the list, you'll at least understand how they make the list, why they make them, their methods to doing it, all of that. So I didn't want to wait until they came out with their 2024 Dirty Dozen Clean 15 uh, because this information is still relevant. And especially now because we're we're heading into springtime and farmers markets and fruit and produce stands and even things in the grocery stores are still organic versus not organic. And so this information is still really important for you to understand. And if you have questions on it, always ask. Um, but one thing I want to add to this is the um, the use of organic versus non-organic meats. That's one thing I don't cover in this episode, but I did want to add on to that um, because I do get that question a lot. Should I be buying grass-fed? Is it free range? What's, what's the difference? What do I do? Or is one more healthy than the other? Now, when it comes to meats... Um, specifically things like chicken and beef and pork, um, those types of meats, if you can find grass-fed beef, that's one situation where, yes, they actually are more nutritious than conventionally raised livestock because when you see those happy cows out in the field soaking up the sunshine, eating their grass and eating their whatever that they're feasting on in the fields, that translates into higher amounts of vitamin D in their meat because they're getting it from the sun, just like we are. When we're outside, we get more vitamin D in our skin and in our bodies. The cows and the the chickens and the pigs and everything outside is no different. So you get some of that. You get more of that from a cow that has been outside versus a cow that's spending its, its entire life in a barn, which is super sad. So that is a little bit of a boost. Also, cows that are in barns tend to be fed more grains and more things like that that aren't part of their natural diet versus the cows that are free roaming and out in the fields and grass fed. That's exactly what they're eating. They're eating grasses, they're eating plants, they're eating the things that they're supposed to be eating. And you actually do, when you compare a conventional cow meat versus a free range, or I'm sorry, a grass fed cow, they have a little bit more of the healthy fats in them as well. So a little bit more of the omegas. So that is a situation, again, can we always afford to get grass-fed beef? Probably not. Sometimes it's very expensive. But if you happen to see that it's on sale, or if you happen to have a little bit extra in your grocery budget for the week, and you know you're going to be having you know, something with uh, beef or something with chicken or whatever, 
that is something that I would say you will get a little bit more of a nutritional boost if you decide to buy a a grass-fed or free-range chicken or those types of things. You do actually get a little bit more of a nutritional boost. Versus if you were to buy an organic apple versus a non-organic apple, no, you're not going to see a difference such as that. They're going to have a similar nutrient component to it or nutrient content. You're just not getting the pesticides and the fertilizers and the things like that. So I wanted to just differentiate that a little bit. And I didn't mention that the first time when this episode aired last year. Um, So I just wanted to clarify that. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode and please reach out should you have any comments. Because we are talking all things produce today. Now, before you click this episode off, give it a minute because I get asked a lot, should I eat organic? Is that really worth the money? Is it beneficial? Are there more nutrients in organic foods versus non-organic foods? What's the deal? So I wanted to take a few minutes today. It's not going to be terribly long, but I wanted to take a few minutes today and give you some resources and talk a little bit about the benefits of certain produce being organic versus not organic, where you can save your money and all of the good things related to that. So let's get started and dive right in. And one thing that came out recently was the Environmental Working Group is an organization that... um, educates people on uh, farming practices, um, pesticides, all the good things related to food quality. If you have not checked out their website, it's ewg.org. I'll link it in the show notes. It is a great resource, also an app that you can get on your phone. And I love them for their uh, sunscreen guide, because if you're like me trying to slather sunscreen on kids, on four children, numerous times a day in the summer, I start to really question the quality of the chemicals that I'm putting on their skin. And so they have a really wonderful resource on sunscreen um, within their app. You can scan things and it'll give it a grade, basically. It's amazing. So if you have not checked out their app, please do so. By the way, I'm not affiliated with them. I just really appreciate the work that they do and I want to spread their message. So another thing that they put out each year is what's called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Now this is related specifically to organic produce and what you need to buy organic and what you can kind of save your money on and not necessarily spend the extra dollars to buy organic. So you can go to their website, you can download the guide if you want a digital version. Otherwise, um, they they list it on their website as well. And I think you can even get these little like hand like print out cards that you can put in your wallet. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to go through some of these and give you a little bit of clarity on what the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 are and kind of go through some commonly asked questions that I get so that it can hopefully help you kind of plan your produce a little bit more. So let's start with the Dirty Dozen. Now, it's called the Dirty Dozen because these are the 12 foods that are highest or have the most pesticides used. So these are the ones that if you can, if it's available, you want to try and get organic to limit your exposure to pesticides. So they tend to be the produce that one, you eat the skin of, and two, they're more fragile. So you think about foods that are really um, easy for bugs or pests to get at. So things that are very, very um, more delicate kind of. So the number one 
thing on the on the Dirty Dozen list. And I don't think that these are in any particular order. I really don't know, honestly. But um, the number one listed on their website is strawberries. So strawberries, as you probably have seen, are very easy for bugs to get at. Um, different different pests really enjoy strawberries, even more so than humans do. So they tend to spray strawberries very, very heavily with pesticides in order to keep the fruit um, good so that they can sell it. So strawberries are one, and strawberries are another thing that you don't peel the skin off of a strawberry. So any pesticides that are sprayed on there, um, you can try and wash them off, but you're not always guaranteed that you're always going to get it off. So if you can get them organic, they're a little bit better quality when you do. Number two would be spinach. Um, spinach it tends to be a little bit more uh, sprayed um, because it's a leaf. And so bugs that eat leaves tend to eat spinach. So if you've ever tried to grow your own spinach, you might have noticed that it gets these little bug holes in them and it's really frustrating. So they, the spinach is another one that you want to get organic. And that's if you're eating it fresh or frozen. Make sure you're trying to get it organic. Um, other leafy greens would be kale, collard, and mustard greens. So again, it's a leaf. So any bugs like caterpillars and worms and, and things like that that eat a leaf are going to go after those. So that's why they spray them heavily with uh, pesticides. And again, you don't peel the skin off. You eat the whole thing. So again, focus on organic if you can. Peaches, pears, and nectarines are another example of fruit that you would want to try and get organic if you can. You tend to eat the skin and the skin is very delicate. So it doesn't take much for a bug to also be able to burrow in and get some of the good nutrients in that fruit. So they tend to spray them a little bit more with the pesticides to keep the bugs away and then you end up eating those. So you want to get those organic if you can. Now apples are another thing. And apples, of course, now we're in the day and age where you can get most fruits and vegetables at any time of the year, depending on where you live. So apples used to be more of a seasonal thing like in the fall, but now you can get them year round and you can get most qual uh, most types of apples year round. So they are heavily sprayed. I don't know if you've ever had an apple like fresh off the apple tree at an apple orchard that tends to spray. They kind of have that waxy coating on them. That is a pesticide. That is something that's sprayed on there to protect the apple so that it will grow into an actual big usable fruit. So uh, if you can buy organic, that would be great. Again, you do tend to, um, some people eat the skin, you should eat the skin of the apple. I know some people peel them off, but, um, but still exposing any fruit or vegetable to pesticides and chemicals, um, there's no telling how deep those chemicals can actually kind of go and settle in. So you probably want to get those organic if you can. Grapes are another thing. Grapes and um, cherries and blueberries are all things that if you can buy organic, you're definitely better off to do so. I know how expensive cherries are. <laughs> They're so expensive. But organic cherries are going to be a lot better off and, um, and buying those organic if you can. Um, green beans and bell peppers and hot peppers are another example of things that you want to buy organic. Uh, because of the amount of bugs that tend to go for them. So um, making sure that you're getting those organic would be a, a good option. So again, those are the 12. So it's strawberries, spinach, kale, collard, and mustard greens, peaches, pears, nectarines, apples, grapes, bell and hot peppers, cherries, blueberries, and green beans. So I went through those kind of quickly because there's 12 of them. But if you can find those ones organically, try and, and spend those organic dollars with those ones, that would be uh, a good thing to do. Now, the other 
The other list that they put out is called the Clean 15. So the Clean 15, not only does it rhyme and it delights me, but these are the ones that you don't necessarily have to buy organic. So these fruits and vegetables tend to be ones that have like a thicker skin on them, or maybe you don't eat the skin. So for example, number one is avocado. Avocados are horrendously expensive right now. And so if you can save a little bit of money and not buy them organic, you definitely can get away with that because they have such a thick skin on them that bugs don't tend to be able to penetrate them and burrow in. Um, so they don't spray them as much and they don't spray as many chemicals on them. So you don't necessarily need to waste the money and, and get them organic if you don't need to. If you happen to have organic avocados in your area and they're great and they're inexpensive, great. But it's not one that you absolutely have to buy organic. Uh, another option would be sweet corn. So um, sweet corn, again, have, has those layers and layers and layers of like a leaf coating around it. So you don't necessarily have to buy those ones organic if you want to save the money and, and use that elsewhere. Pineapple is another one. Um, again, we don't eat the skin and it's a very thick skin. So you actually cut that off and you don't necessarily need to buy that one organic. They don't spray them as much. Um, but when you're cutting any of these fruits or vegetables that you're not buying organic, you still wanna kind of wash the outside off just because when you use a knife to cut through them, it's technically touching that outside. So if there's still chemicals on the outside and your knife goes through it, it's bringing those chemicals into the inside. So make sure you wash them. All right, the next one is onion. Onion is another one. Again, it's so many layers to an onion, right? So you don't necessarily have to buy those organic because of the fact that they're pretty much protected by pests naturally, so they don't spray them as much. Um, asparagus is another one where the maybe the bugs just don't like them. I don't know. But the asparagus is on the Clean 15 list, meaning that they're, they're pretty much good to go if you don't want to buy them organic. So different fruits like papaya, honeydew, kiwi, mango... Those ones you can get away with not buying organic if you uh, don't want to. Um, same with watermelon. Again, we don't eat the rind of a watermelon and it tends to be really, really thick. So bugs tend to not to burrow in there so they don't spray them as much. Um, other vegetables like uh, sweet potatoes and carrots, those are below ground. So if you think about it, like there doesn't need to be a lot of pesticides sprayed on those because they're below ground and most pests can't get at them. So, and then you have cabbage and peas, sweet peas. So you don't, again, need to necessarily use all your money buying those organic if you don't want to. Now, some people just prefer to buy everything organic, and that's great. That is your choice to do that. That's perfectly fine to do. Um, but for those on a budget, or if you're trying to really make certain uh, food dollars last and stretch a little bit, um, the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen are the, is the list that you can kind of use to plan your meals and see what's in season and know where to uh, put a little bit more focus into what you should buy organic. Now, what's interesting about the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 list and the, the research and the work that the Environmental Working Group does is that for these lists, they actually base them off of nearly 45,000 samples of produce tested by the Department of Agriculture. So it's not just like they're just on a whim picking these random fruits and vegetables. They're actually testing them 
and doing the research into seeing what has more pesticide residue on it and what has less and how do we rank this? And you may be asking like, well, why are pesticides even bad? How do they even impact my health in the first place? And there are a lot of studies that are showing the use of pesticides and the negative implication it has on our health. So these are things like if you have certain chronic conditions or autoimmune diseases, adding a bunch of pesticides and chemicals that are not meant to be inside of a human body to your diet, something that you eat regularly, it's not going to have a good effect. You know, you have people like me who are sitting here telling you to eat more fruits and vegetables, get seven to nine servings a day. And if those seven to nine servings are all coated in chemicals and pesticides and fertilizers and all of these negative things that are are toxic, you could see how that could very quickly add up to a negative thing in your diet. And when you are looking from looking at it from the point of how our body responds to chemicals, it's no different than what we've talked about in the past in the, in the podcast. When your body is faced with a chemical, whether it's an exposure on your skin or you inhale it, or in this case, you eat it, it develops an immune response to it because that is not a usable thing for the human body. It is. It looks at it like an invader. It looks at it for what it is, which is a chemical and a potential threat. So anytime your body is under a threat or, or faced with that decision of basically friend or foe, it will produce an immune response. And when you have an immune response, you have all of these different cytokines and all of these different molecules that go and attack the source of the thing. In this case, it's going to be a chemical molecule or a pesticide molecule. Now it is fighting that thing, which raises your immune system, which can cause inflammation and it can trigger other responses. When your immune system is heightened and you have, say, an autoimmune condition or some other condition that your body is already fighting, it can exacerbate symptoms. It can cause migraines. It can cause hormone imbalances. It can cause infertility and digestive issues. It can cause all these other repercussions to happen simply because your immune system is heightened because you exposed it to a chemical that you're not supposed to have in your body. So that is a super you know, kind of slimmed down version of how that can affect your body. But hopefully that gets you thinking like, huh, I wonder if being exposed to different chemicals in different areas of my life is causing my symptoms or is it contributing to it? It may not be the sole cause, but could it be an influencer? Could it be a contributor in some way to what you're experiencing? So people who again, have digestive issues, if you have skin issues like eczema, psoriasis, if you have an autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's, or if you are experiencing infertility, or if you have migraines a lot, um, any of those types of things, if you have sleep disorders, I've seen that, I've seen sleep disorders connected with exposures to toxins. Um, different hormonal imbalances for men and women, both of them can can experience different degrees of this, all based on chemical and toxic exposures. Now, again, pesticides are not the sole contributor of all of these things, but it is definitely one to take a look at if you are experiencing symptoms and if you're getting a lot of pesticides in your diet or your children's diet. 
something to take a look at and possibly reduce when you can. And that is where this dirty dozen and clean 15 list comes in handy because you don't have to be super organic in every single thing, but the goal is to minimize your exposure. So if you can focus mostly on buying organic, the dirty dozen list organic and maybe saving the clean 15 to not be organic, that's one way to minimize your exposure. So again, make sure you're getting a good amount of fruits and vegetables in your diet. It helps with anti-inflammatory. It helps with getting all those phytonutrients and great benefits of antioxidants and different vitamins and minerals in your in your body. But if you can minimize the damage that the exposure of pesticides can cause, that would be a huge win. Now, Because it's springtime and there is kind of a new shift in produce that is going to be available and start coming out from farmers and farmers markets and farm stands and all of that, I put together a handy dandy guide of spring produce and it's called my spring produce and recipe guide. So it gives you a list of foods that are in season, depending on where you're at in the world or in the country. But it gives you an idea of the certain things that are going to be start you're going to start seeing at farmers markets and seeing in the grocery stores that are going to be more local and um, hopefully organic where you are. But it gives you ideas on what to start including seasonally into your menus and into your household. So you can go ahead and download that. It's free. Just go ahead and click on the link that is in the show notes. It is my spring produce. And I threw a few recipes in there as well of what to what to do with some of those fabulous spring produce items that you're going to be getting. So it's a fun way to kind of just refresh your family's menu and throw some new recipes in the mix that are all that all contain spring produce that hopefully you can get locally and hopefully you can get organic. So that is all that I wanted to chat about today. Definitely check out the Environmental Working Group's website, ewg.org, and check out their app. It's a really handy-dandy app to have. You can, uh, you know, again, I use it for checking out sunscreens and seeing which is the better graded sunscreen. You can use it for other products like shampoos and lotions and things like that. It just gives you kind of a good idea of how much exposure to chemicals are you already experiencing with like everyday products. And if you can start to limit that exposure, that is a great tool to use in order to do so. So I hope you found this helpful. Please let me know, leave a review, reach out to me on social media, send me a message, link me in a post that talks about this. And I'd love to hear your comments on it and if this was helpful for you. Other than that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.